0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: We're talking Jordan, Addison, Zay Flowers, and Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. What to expect in 2024? On RotoViz Radio. What's up, RotoViz? Welcome into the RotoViz Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Curtis Patrick. I'm joined by Dave Caban, and we're picking up where we left off. We're looking at the 2023. Rookie standouts and trying to you know, see what 2024 might have in store. We're using some of the RotoViz tools, notably the RotoViz Screener uh, and the NFL Stat Explorer to add some context. I mean, this this has all kinds of applications, Dave. It's it's got never too early best ball implications. <laughs> Hard to believe we've already got 2024 best ball drafts going on. It's got dynasty implications for startup drafts. We're going to be doing those very soon. Uh, you can play never too early best ball and RotoViz Triflex Dynasty over at myffpc.com. Great sponsor uh, of the RotoViz radio uh, platform and this podcast in general. Dave, I'm pretty excited for these three wide receivers uh, tonight. You know, last week we talked about some of the, the even bigger names. These are three guys that it's, it's a little bit more uh, variation, a little bit more a uh, wider range of outcomes, but we could see any one of these three. I think make a leap to the elite tier in 2024. And it's gonna be pretty cool to see what the historical Sims tell us so that we can make an educated guess on which guy it's gonna be.
2: Sure. But I have to push back a little, a little bit here already on what you've said because Oh no. Oh no. You know, my guy, Jordan Addison. I feel like he came out, he delivered, and I'm not certain. We're gonna have to go back and look and make sense of this. That you know, he needs to be mentioned. You know, like he is somehow beneath the three players that we talked about, uh, talked about prior.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's probably fair. We're kind of having the, we're kind of having the discussion before the discussion, you know, what if Kirk Cousins doesn't go down, you know, what if Justin Jefferson doesn't get injured? There's, there's all kinds of stuff. Right. And that's where we fill in with our, our fantasy brains uh, and, and figure it out. But, okay. We're also going to use some some data and some history to to inform the process here. So if you missed it last week, be sure to go to YouTube. Check out uh, that episode uh, as we got started in this series. Or you can go to Rotoviz Radio, look at our previous podcast, and just dial that one up in the menu. But again, in this episode, we're talking Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. If you're watching live on YouTube, leave us some comments. Maybe take a guess. Who do you think is going to show up in some of these queries that we run through the screener or do you just have something you want to say about one of these three players good comments we'll make it onto the show all right dave who do you want to start with
2: all right let's start with uh jordan addison i already have him pulled up in the all stat right. explorer as well as the screener and actually i will pop things over here to the stat explorer quickly curtis um first thing that's interesting here Right. If you just look across the season for Addison, he actually finished at sixth in total touchdowns among wide receivers. It was 23rd in overall PPR 32 in PPR per game. Interestingly though, had two spike weeks here that you can see um, with wide receiver one weeks. And I, I think I, I will say now that perhaps, uh, you know, you are right in the way that you framed things. Uh, the three players we Watch talked about that. earlier. Watch yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I wanted to make a case for Addison. Um, obviously, like you mentioned, we do have to think about some of the implication. But um, yeah, wide receiver three or worse than 65% of weeks. Of course, if you look through the first eight or so weeks, uh, let's just do that. If we look at weeks one through eight here, which you can do in the player stat Explorer, you'll see he was uh, a little bit stronger there with 38% of weeks at wide receiver two, 12% of weeks at wide receiver one.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was it was a solid rookie season. We saw the flashes. I mean, it, all in all, you know, six wide receiver two or better uh, finishes uh, from game-to-game perspective. And, and, I mean, there's just a lot that didn't go right for this Vikings offense. I mean, I think he played with three different quarterbacks. He played a material portion of the season without Justin Jefferson. There were some changes going on at running back. And then as the team fell out of contention, you know, a little bit later in the season, everything kind of just changed. So there were definitely enough flashes that we can see, Hey, like with a totally healthy offense provided there's competent quarterback play, the Vikings pass catching core. I mean, it could be one of the most exciting ones in the entire NFL. You think about how Addison complements with Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson. That's a pretty formidable group and they get to play so many games indoors. Uh, so let's flip over to the road of his screener. Cause now what we can do is instead of just zooming in on Addison, we're going to, we're going to see based off of some key fantasy metrics and, uh, and rates here, who are the closest historical rookie season comps for Jordan Addison? And, and what might that tell us about what to expect in 2024? So while Dave's dialing that up, you know, we can dial up all kinds of things in the road of his screener. You know, we can put, You know, year in the NFL, obviously, we're going to drag that toggle over to one because it's just, you know, we want to compare to players who were in their first year. We could do it by age. You know, we could make sure that uh, we only compared Addison with age 21 rookies because he didn't turn 22 until after the season was uh, totally complete, Dave. Um, We're not going to do that for this exercise right now, but we could do that if we wanted to do another layer of analysis. We can toggle on, you know, first, second, third fourth, fifth round draft picks and and exclude things from the data set. So we're going to play with that in particular to make sure that we're comparing them not only to all rookies, but then also just to those rookies uh, that had the early draft capital. Because I think especially for like dynasty valuation, especially and and role preservation year over year, I think that that carries some weight. But Dave, why don't you let us know what metrics we're going to use just for this first uh, kind of catch all filter?
2: Sure. So as you said, we're going to look at uh, year one in the NFL leave draft picks wide open. Then the stats that we're going to call up just very simple uh, receptions, targets, yards, touchdowns, yards per reception. I run that through in our database, come down here to the similarity search tab in the screener, pull up Jordan Addison 2023, giving equal weighting to those parameters that we called up. Mm. We return the rookie season comps for Addison as Chase Claypool, Calvin Ridley, Larry Fitzgerald, Sterling Shepard, Keenan Allen, T. Higgins, DK Metcalf, Jaden Reed sneaks in there, which is interesting. Marquez Colston, Roy Williams, Rasheed Rice, also interesting. Terry McLaurin, and I'll I'll stop there.
1: Overall, yeah, that's, it's a pretty that's pretty good pretty group, man. That that is a good group. I mean, that that group's full of wide receiver two seasons and quite a few wide receiver one seasons. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald, Calvin Ridley, Keenan Allen, you know, D.K. Metcalf, T. Higgins on that borderline there. I mean, yeah, this is a pretty impressive group. It's actually a stronger group than I would have anticipated getting back for Addison. Um, now, yeah, well, I mean, I don't think there's really much to say. I mean, I think that's a great cohort. It certainly speaks to the quality of production that he had in his first year. And I mean, you could easily see that, You know that he's destined for great things if if we just compare him to are you going to do just a first round draft picks right now yep okay so we're going to compare him by other first round draft picks and if we want to get real uh if we want to go real crazy we could just do the 21 year old rookies and then we we get a really nice all
2: right let's do that then let's let's have a little fun here uh so we'll punch that in so first rounders that were 21 And uh, I honestly don't know exactly how large of a sample that is even to begin with.
1: And I just want to clarify, this is not draft age 21. This is NFL uh, season of record age 21. So he's only being compared to players who were 21 on December 31st of their first NFL season.
2: Yep. So when we do that, we still see some similar names. So we get Fitzgerald, Higgins, Harvin, CD lamb Drake London Sammy Watkins Ooh. Jeremy Macklin Mike Evans Amari Cooper JSN which is interesting Akeem Nix, Jerry yeah. Judy DJ Moore and DeAndre uh, Hopkins
1: I, I like I like this list a lot uh I like this list is even slightly better um what I like about it um is you see players like uh Percy Harvin and Jeremy, Ma- uh, Jeremy Macklin who are both a little bit more slight uh like Jordan Addison I mean returning Chase Claypool is the top historical uh, rookie season comp for Jordan Addison. I mean, yeah, that's similar draft capital and similar stats, but I mean, they're just totally different players, totally different physiques,
2: which we can Um, control for. If we were, if we were so interested, you can control for weight in this as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We could do that. But I mean, I think we see some, we see some body type lookalikes now in this list. And even some of the larger receivers aren't necessarily, it's not just a stacked group. I mean, sure. Mike Evans is a, a mountain and Larry Fitzgerald is too. But, you know, C.D. Lamb is still pretty slight despite his size. So, I mean, I, I, like, I like this. I mean, there's there's tons to be optimistic about here. And when I think about the context of these other receivers, what's really interesting, too, is when Larry Fitzgerald came into the league, uh, he didn't have to be the number one right away. When T. Higgins came into the league, he wasn't the number one yep. right away. When Jeremy Macklin came in, he wasn't the number one Right away. Now some of these guys were, uh, but I, I think that's also helpful to see because some of these guys were still productive really early, even though they weren't the number one right away. The, the thing that caps Addison just a little bit is I mean, man, Jefferson and, and Hawkinson are both still really young themselves. It's not like he's coming in as a young pup with like Stefan Diggs there at right. age 30 that's phasing out. I mean, this is a young, exciting nucleus that's going to play together for a while. So it might be death by a thousand paper cuts defending the Vikings, but Addison is going to definitely get his moving forward. I mean, this makes me, I, I'm really glad that we looked at Addison tonight because I, I'm going to get a little bit more favorable with my dynasty ranking. His year was a little rockier than some of those other guys. But I mean, this is, this is really uh, an impressive uh, historical sim group.
2: Yeah. And I think the thing that stands out here for me, and I actually noticed that, uh, as well as, uh, a lot of players on this list that early on shared the field with, uh, you know, in many cases, a really good wide receiver in front of them. I yeah. don't know, even as much as I liked Addison that I ever expected him to really be what you might consider like a superstar an elite type of wide receiver for fantasy purposes. The thing that I just felt very confident about was that you're going to be able to have him having a long career in which he's contributing, getting into maybe that wide receiver two type of range. Uh, and I think yeah. what we're seeing here certainly speaks to that longevity and uh, that profile where he's certainly going to be viable for a while to come. So overall good comp group. Um, you know, I'm still excited about Addison moving into next season. And I think the other Possibility that we have here is some of the context of his season might get lost for drafters as we get further and further away from this season, which should keep his value in a spot that that's uh, palatable for us.
1: What this really reminds me of is kind of the Philadelphia Eagles situation uh, with A.J. Brown and Devonte Smith with Addison uh, kind of comparing to Devontae there. Um, OK, let's let's transition here. Let's go over to Zay Flowers Zay Flowers is going to get an extended look here because the Ravens are still playing <laughs> in the playoffs. And I think, you know, that's going to do a lot uh, for just the general public and awareness of, of his, his abilities because we're watching all these island games uh, for the Ravens. And he, he's really impressive in space. And I think his rapport continues to grow uh, with Lamar Jackson. You know, Flowers is, you know, a different case study and was a different case study coming out uh, older than Addison coming out. Um, Drafted right in that same area of the first round, though. Um, Addison was the 23rd pick of the first round and Flowers was the 22nd pick. Went one pick before, but an older prospect from a smaller school uh, than Addison, etc. Just not quite the hype, but I mean, man, he's had a pretty impressive first year. So why don't you take us through the NFL stat Explorer on uh, how Flowers performed before we get into the screener work?
2: Yeah, so the things that I, I think are worth mentioning here, he was number 19 in total touchdowns, finishes number 28 in overall PPR, number 29 in PPR per game, uh 33 in expected points per game and actually 26 in fantasy points over expectation per game. Now, it's an interesting split here in the year for him. He was a wide receiver one four times that was 25% of his games wide receiver two, just 19% of the time, but three of his biggest (laughs) games of the year came uh, from week 12 on, right? So you see him um, have actually his four highest scoring games of the year, Curtis, after week 12, as you mentioned, you know, people getting to see him now in the playoffs continuing to grow with Lamar maybe he makes another couple of you know impactful plays across the end of the year and you can see why there should be excitement about Flowers as we move into uh the 2024 season. So I'm going to dial up some things here thoughts on uh, you know, Flowers.
1: While you're dialing that up. I mean, I think one thing that's going to play into Zay Flowers redraft uh ADP his best ball ADP and his dynasty value moving forward. There is something in the customer service uh, industry um, that's referred to as, as peak and end effect. And so customers tend to remember uh, the, the peak, whether that's, whether that's a positive or a negative peak of, of experience, and then also the end. Um, of the experience and Zay flowers peaked at the end of the season. So, so he, he played his best most recently. So, I mean, that, that is, that is really important. Um, and I think even in comparison to Addison, I mean, if, if the Ravens go to the super bowl and we get to see, you know, two more Island games with flowers and, you know, he puts up, you know, five for 90 and one game and four seventy and a touchdown in the other game, I mean, even though he probably projects realistically pretty similar to Addison in terms of, you know, skills and then opportunity, because the Vikings will probably, you know, throw more uh, than the Ravens will. I still think Flowers has a chance to kind of usurp that uh, that value there. So that's going to be interesting. But let's see what the screener has to say about his historical rookie season.
2: Sure. So we run Flowers through. We put things wide open, just looking for year one wide
0: receivers.
2: by Amon Ross, St. Brown, Jarvis Landry, Drake London, T. Higgins, Rasheed Rice, Cooper Cup, Devonta Smith, Dwayne Bow, Justin Blackman, Vernon Ayuk, Eddie Royal, Deontay Johnson, and Garrett Wilson.
1: Okay, yeah, that's that's a little bit of a more wide-open list, but I'm encouraged that we see a couple older guys in there. Uh, this is, you know, with Addison, you know, you, you almost get that free, freebie year because when you produce as a 21-year-old, it's just like an extra checkbox there. Uh, but for flowers, you know, it, it's, it sometimes can be concerning. I mean, it's a little bit of a downgrade to be an age 22 rookie versus an age 21. And we have some other rookies in here that were, that were 22. Uh, there's not really any big whiffs here per se. I mean, I guess you could, you could say that the, you know, the jury's still out on Rasheed Rice. Um, although, you know, indicators are pointing up, Justin Blackman is a really complex case study. uh, Who who looked good and then you know had had a you know that that was a complex situation. So let's do this. Let's let's actually only compare him to age twenty two and above rookies. Let's let's eliminate the twenty one year olds and see what happens here. All right. And then and then also reduce it to round one only.
2: Okay. So if we do that. And we look for flowers here. Uh, what we're going to find here, Curtis, is we do get some change, and this is actually kind of interesting. So you get Devonta Smith moving up to his closest comp, followed by Brandon Ayuk, Dwayne Bowe, Justin Blackman, Kendall Wright, Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddell, Andre Johnson, Chris Olave, Donnie Avery, Peter Warwick, Michael Clayton, A.J. Green, Calvin Ridley. And I just, I'm going to keep going because I want to say this name, Sylvester Morris.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Um yeah, focusing on the top here. Yeah, I mean I I I quite like it. Um Devonte Smith, Brandon Ayuk, Dwayne Bow. Uh I mean Zay Flowers, he's not really a style comp to any, any of those guys at all or Justin Blackman. I think you can start seeing some compar- comparisons with Kendall Wright. Uh, and maybe even Jalen Waddell uh, as more similar players amongst this group. There's actually some, some size, uh, some height in this group. Uh, o- overall, Garrett Wilson being a little bit smaller, um, yeah. probably thought of, thought of as a, maybe a more complete player coming into the NFL, but, you know, we still haven't really got gotten a chance to see his uh, peak yet either. So, you know, this is actually pretty encouraging for Flowers too. Um you know, he he probably really saved himself by peaking there at the end of the season. If he hadn't given us those extra wide receiver one games to boost up his overall, you know, raw scoring and and PPR output, you know, this might've been an even, uh, more hodgepodge of a list, but I mean, what are we really looking at? Just Donnie Avery, maybe as the only actual full whiff amongst like the top 12 or so.
2: Yeah. I, I forget like Kendall, Wright. um, yeah,
1: actually, uh, let me take uh, a quick look. On right, I'll get you some stuff on right while you while you react to the list because he, yeah, he did have a couple, a couple decent seasons, but you know it wasn't it wasn't a, a store long and storied career, but uh, he he produced.
2: Yeah, so let's see. So his PPR per game rank actually uh, in his second and third seasons, he finished twenty seventh and thirty second in those years. So they're actually. You know, it uh, was two years of viability for him there, and then he was normally hovering somewhere between 50 to 70. But yeah, I mean, overall, I actually think this is a pretty encouraging list Uh when we cut at things from the perspective which we are at here. It does seem like it's hard to find a player that really matches up in the way that you perceive him to be playing and used on the field. And when you factor in, you know, the biophysical profile, Uh, but I, I think it's a pretty interesting group here. The final thing that I will say though, is, you know, he has that ridiculous run. Uh, maybe, maybe not quite ridiculous, but very impressive run at the end of the year. I have not done an analysis on this in a while, but I will caution people about trying to read too much into extrapolating the back half of the year into the next. It does not tend to work out like that.
1: Yeah, or really even any. I mean, it's just at the end of the day. I mean, we've got 17 games. That's not a very large sample size. Right, now, right. For, for a wide receiver, you know, it's. I mean, it is probably like one sixth of their viable, yeah. you know, valuable dynasty career. So, you know, you can't just say, "Hey, give me 34 games and I'll reevaluate." Now, with not to, not to veer too far off uh, course here because it's not a Kindle Right episode, but th- there is. You know, when you start to get into some of the, I guess, outliers on the low end, wanting to understand maybe why it didn't work out for them. So Kendall Wright, in his second year, uh, he really actually exploded. He led the Titans, it was 2014, or 2013, rather. Uh, he led the Titans with 139 targets. He had 94 receptions, 1,079 yards, and just two touchdowns. So, uh, you know, it was probably uh, a regression uh, candidate, in the, the season that would come. And that season he played with Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jake Locker as his quarterback. So, I mean, it was like mid career Fitzy, not Yolo Fitzy, uh, we in the change for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but mo- three quarters of that season was with Jake Locker. And then you start going forward and you can see why it never materialized beyond that point for him. You know, he still had, uh, ninety-three targets in his third season in 2014, but the Titans had Charlie Whitehurst and Zach Mettenberger uh, at quarterback. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and then in 2015, um, you know the that was Marcus Mariota's uh, rookie season. Um, Delaney Walker by that time had had broken out, and the team drafted Dorial Green Beckham as a perimeter receiver, and so the team started to take on a little bit of a, a different look. And then by you know really by 2016 now now we're finding out that you know Mariota could play a little bit at that point, but they're handing the ball to Derrick Henry and Demarco Murray you know over 400 times. The Titans kind of became the version of the Titans that yep. we know them to be in that season. So so right, you know, it just didn't it didn't go right for right. But they're actually they're not super different. I mean they're built uh, they're built the same working in space. I really don't even mind it. Like I don't view that as a negative name coming up in his historical comp. So for Zay Flowers, I think the question is just really going to be, you know, with a healthy Mark Andrews and uh, Isaiah likely still going, you know, can can Lamar Jackson keep it up and can Flowers earn enough target market share to be more than, you know, a wide receiver two with occasional wide receiver one upside? Like, can he get that consistency or is he going to be the, you know, the me too guy in the offense?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I still am encouraged by flowers, but I do think that, you know, you raise some fair questions there, um, especially when we consider the three players that we talked about last week. Um, you know, and we're going to talk about JSN now and try to make a decision about, you know, what things could look like for him moving forward. So unless you have anything more to say on flowers, I think we'll transition.
1: No, I, I like to getting to talk about Kendall Wright, though.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, what I enjoyed spirit. about that was it got to show off how neat it is, though, when you can go back in the stat explorer and you pull yeah. up the charts over their career and just get to see, you know, what percentage of their career were they wide receiver one wide receiver two, you know, how many times were they inactive, all of that stuff that pulls up nicely in the charts, always fun. All right. So moving along here, we got JSN. Yep. One of the first things I think stands out, Curtis, is he was very effective in in converting air yards into yards, actually number six in racer finishes at 59 in PPR per game, uh, just 136 in fantasy points over expectation per game. Now, I think it's worth noting that in air yards per target, he was 87th, but we see a good conversion rate given that he actually put up 5.8 yards after the catch per reception, which ranked 11th among wide receivers. Uh, he failed to ever record a wide receiver one week, and was a wide receiver too just eighteen percent of the time. Of course, Curtis, and I'll let you speak to this. There is certainly some context in which we need to wrap this.
1: Yeah. So, so first of all, uh, Smith and Jigba was drafted to you know, for, I'm. Not arguably. I think definitely the most crowded pass catching situation of the three guys that we've talked about tonight, you know, with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett already there. The Seahawks were not necessarily, you know, a heavy passing volume uh, offense, but then, you know, right as the season was starting, uh, Smith and Jigba, uh, I I think actually right before the season, uh, he had an injury, he had a hand injury. And so, you know, he played through it, you know, he was able to get back and, and play, but we really saw his role grow after the bye week. And so I think one thing that, I mean, we're not gonna do that in the screener, but if we were to, if we were to ignore those first four games and, and look from week six on, I mean, the, the PPR per game looks a little bit healthier and, you know, the situation just changes a little bit. Now, that being said, just eyes on the player, I mean, we've got some work here to do with Smith and Jigba. I'm not sure the Seahawks know exactly how to use him. And I think we need that wide receiver room to clear out a little bit uh, for him to take a, a step forward. He probably is uh, as talented as the other two guys that are there. But, you know, th- things are things are going to change here a little bit. You know, we've got a coaching change in Seattle. We're going to have an offensive coordinator change. Shane Waldron now going over to the the Bears, I believe. So wholesale change. In Seattle, Lockett I think is entering the final year of his uh, of his deal. Probably, I'm not sure that they would be able to cut him this year. It's been a minute since I've looked at that contract, but I think he'll be there for one more year, probably. Um, so you know, th- th- there's context there. And now the other thing that I'll mention about um, JSN is he actually is not yet even 22 years old, Dave. So he also finished his rookie yep. season at age 21. So that is something that is helpful for us. You know, these younger rookies it's impressive when they can be drafted in the first round based off of their relative, you know, youth and a prospect pool. It also gives us a little bit more patience, you know, maybe with those players. So we'll want to be sure to, to age sort uh, on this player and the root of a screener as well.
2: Uh, unrelated note, but this is very cool. We have comments coming in and that comments can now come in via Twitter, which is exciting.
1: Oh, yeah. i love love to see the integration. Uh, Quentin Fensky mentions JSN is going to be very good. When Lockett is gone, I really think he leads the Hawks in receptions. Hey, you and me both, Quentin. I mean, I, I would love to see... I think he and DK, uh, you know, they would be a frustrating duo uh, to defend. I mean, Lockett is still... I mean, the thing is, is Locke is still a pretty good player. So it's, it's, it's not that we you know we want anyone to fall off for JSN to be able to break out. JSN needs to be able to break out on his own accord just because he's that talented. So uh, thanks for the comments there, Quentin. And, then, and Josh is uh, celebrating that he made it in time for JSN here uh, into the <laughs> live chat. So, okay, what does the screener tell us about JSN's historical rookie season comps?
2: Okay, so more of a mixed bag than we've seen yet. Uh, you got Darnell Mooney, Kendall Wright, So maybe it was worthwhile that we spent all that time on him. LaVisca Chanel, Deontay Johnson, Tyreek Hill, Jamison Crowder, Timothy Wright, Hunter Renfro, Jeremy Macklin, Stefan Diggs, Jordan Shipley, Drake London, Brandon Ayuk, Brandon
1: Cooks. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. Yeah. Some overlap. We're getting a little bit of overlap on each of these guys. It's probably related a little bit. Um, re- well, I don't know if we're pulling in. No, we're not pulling in the draft. No, cap we're, we're, yet.
2: we're wide open.
1: We're, yeah. We're wide open. So I, I well, think, that's, that's interesting. what do you think about that?
2: So this is what I think about that. I think that some of the reason that you're getting some overlap in players is with the, the way players or the way wide receivers are being utilized now. Um, you're not seeing unless they're putting up the gaudy numbers of some of those players that we saw earlier. Like even a decent first year, your numbers are kind of depressed. So you're yeah. matching to guys that are from older seasons, where uh, you know even somebody like Diggs, you know back in 2015, only saw like 52 uh, receptions in that year, or guys like you know Tim Wright with the lower uh, with the lower numbers in, in receptions. Uh, I think that's some of what's driving it.
1: The, the difference is there though, and we're gonna find this when we when we sort. I mean, you know, especially with Diggs and Wright, I mean, those were lower draft picks. I mean, Diggs was right. a, a day three guy. So, you know, we're gonna keep some of these lower Mooney was a lower end guy as well. Um, but we're gonna keep we're gonna keep some of these lower producers from the the earlier draft capital in the the sample here still. It is curious though, when you leave it wide open, and I think this is why. You know, you've got to kind of risk rate everything in Dynasty. I mean, these guys maintain their value after their rookie season. We know that uh, with these high draft picks. But if you were, you know, if if JSN was your wa- rookie wide receiver one coming in, and which was the case for many, you know, many players in, in Dynasty pundits alike, I mean, you do need to adjust at this point now, right? I mean, we, we can't ignore this full season Uh, You know, if you're if you're propping him up against Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison, I'm not sure why you would dig in on keeping him above those guys now, given what we saw in in the first season. So um, this this is a a more curious group. I wonder what it's going to look like when we throw out the uh, day the the day two and three draft picks and adjust for age 21.
2: Sure. And if I wasn't making my point clear uh, earlier, what I was trying to get at was. Um, with offenses being more spread out, um, you might have more of an opportunity here to match with guys back when there was a little bit less passing in the league and offenses weren't passing quite as much. Not sure if that came through, but all right, we're going age 21 first round draft picks. If we do this, Oh, I I forgot to toggle it off of Justin Jefferson. I was like, Oh wow, this is making quite a difference here. Uh, JSN followed by Jeremy Macklin. Brandon Cooks, Drake London, Percy Harvin, Elijah Moore, DJ Moore, DeAndre Hopkins, Kenny Britt, CeeDee Lamb, T. Higgins, Corn Robinson, Larry Fitzgerald, Jerry Judy. I think one of the interesting things here, Curtis, is uh, that did change it, but um, you see a couple of names here. Some guys that I think we were always waiting to do more with it or more with their potential than they ended up doing, which you would start to worry could be the case for jsn uh and when you when you keep in mind the fact that the way we're filtering this down to players that were 21 and drafted in the first round inherently you should see a lot of hits so it's almost interesting that there are some names that you you know you might call into concern now drake london right doesn't look like he's realized his potential well you could blame that on the situation. But at the end of the day, you never saw things materialize for him in the way that I think people would have hoped when he was coming in. And you could say, well, you know, you can talk about uh, the situation that JSN is in, but you know, some players are just prisoners of circumstance. You know, Elijah Moore, I don't think that would really encourage you. Kenny Britt was another name. Had that one year, people were always hoping he'd put it together and he didn't. Um, Corrin Robinson, I really don't have much of a memory on. So I'm, I'm kind of curious what you think of of this, uh, of this set here.
1: Yeah, you might be too young to remember uh, Corinne Robinson. He was an early draft pick, also a Seahawk. He played in the early 2000s. Yep. Um, I think he might have been on the first fantasy football team uh, I ever drafted. He was a year-two breakout guy. Um, he went for 78, 12, 40, and 5 in wow. his second season in Seattle. That's a big season for Seattle uh, <laughs> wide receiver, for sure. Yep. Uh, tip of the cap to Corinne Robinson. Not sure the last time his name's been mentioned on a fantasy podcast. He is a... Very young, uh, age 43 now at this point. Wow, okay. Tip of the cap to uh, Corin Robinson there. So I think with JSN, you know, there there are a couple other players who were really highly thought of prospects that still haven't quite figured it out. And I I like seeing these names because it is a reminder that as much as we believe in talent, sometimes circumstances um, affect a player's fantasy outlook um, even more. Uh, than their talent. You get in the wrong scheme, get married to the wrong quarterback. um, Can't, can't emerge from uh, an offense that spreads the love, et cetera. There's a couple of different things. So the Elijah Moore and the Jerry Judy names popping up in here, Mm -hmm. I think are reminders of, you know, those are still like, those are still names that are new enough that people remember what they were as prospects. And it's like, you haven't totally given up on them, but it's like, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're good enough to be on NFL teams and, you know, they're probably still starters, but are they really going to ascend? I mean, it's going to be a mid-career breakout for either one of those players at this point. But there's still plenty to be excited about here uh, with some of the other names in the list. So um, Quentin Finsky was fact-checking for us as we were uh, doing some of the episode here. Uh, he did you know, agree with our points about the the depth chart, but he mentions that the Seahawks would have over $7 million in cap savings if they released Lockett prior to June 1st. I, I don't have time to check that live on the air, but I assume Quentin looked it up uh, as we were talking. So if that's the case, I mean, we'll just have to see what the new coaching regime wants to do. If they're trying to compete right away, I'm not sure that they, I'm not sure that they make that move, but if they're trying to, you know, rebuild on the fly, I mean, that's certainly an attractive cut, which would clear the runway uh, for JSN uh, to consolidate uh, some of that additional target share. So, yeah, I mean, there's reason for optimism, but at the same time, you know, you got, you, you, we can't just cherry pick, you know, the names that we like from the sample and this of the three guys that we looked at, you know, this is the most concerning sample. You know, there's about 30% of these top 10 guys. It's like, "Eh, I don't know. I don't know.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that's certainly the takeaway here. Uh, Overall though, now Curtis, and there are still a couple more names that we could even get to in a future episode. I think that you have to rule that this rookie class of wide receivers really collectively had a very solid first year. And uh, I'm just really excited to see where this goes, especially given the fact that as we talked about earlier, we get to see flowers and rice, perhaps even, uh, you know, improve their stock over the weekend, which I'm really looking forward to this slate of games on the weekend. I think that Kansas city Baltimore game is going to be so fun to watch.
1: I, I think the the divisional round and the championship round are my two favorite weeks of football every year. Yep. Um, it's just great because you can actually watch all those island games. They matter so much. Uh, just everything is on the line. The teams are playing great. You know, Nobody bad really gets through there at that point. I mean, you can argue the whole body of work, but nobody's playing bad that has reached these rounds at that point. And th- there's so many there's so many fantasy football implications because of how many eyes are on these games. So uh, they're fun DFS weekends. You know, if you like to, if you like to play pick'em games, you want to go over to Underdog Fantasy. Uh, you can use promo code Rotoviz. You know, you never played over there before. We'll give you a match up to 100 bucks on your first deposit. Promo code Rotoviz at UnderdogFantasy.com. But I mean, you you've got to get you've got to get your eyes on these games and. You know, we've we've done a roundup on six rookie wide receivers at this point. I'd like to hit a couple of the running backs um, later this week, maybe maybe a couple quarterbacks. I don't know if we're quite ready for that. I'd like to see some of these coaching uh, changes made maybe before we talk to the quarterbacks because you want to you, you want to talk about context with the wide receivers. I mean some of these young quarterbacks, um, you know, I, I think you can you can argue that it's even more important. So let, let's see what happens with the coordinators and the coaches around the league. And I, I mean, there's just plenty to talk about, Dave. We've got Dynasty Startup this, that we need to start planning for. And uh, I know we're we're giving some discussion and some thought to what is our rookie content going to look like here in the next couple of weeks with the prospect class. we got the senior bowl coming up very soon. There's just so much going on, man. It's a really fun time of the calendar.
2: Yep. It never ends. And uh, the content for this week is just beginning. If you like that transition right there, uh, we will be back Later in the week, continuing to break down some more of these rookie seasons and placing them into a historical context. Thank you for listening to the Roto Viz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at C. nfl Leave us a voicemail at 978 615 9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.